This song's called Dugout. Pool House. Pool House. <laughs> this song's called Pool House. table here in the Taylor Park for episode 75 of Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. Thanks for joining us. For those that are keeping track and keeping an eye on the calendar, you'll know that we are rapidly approaching our four-year anniversary, February 11th to be exact. And, uh, we can still say with pure confidence and utter pride, we still have no sponsors <laughs> other than our listeners. It's actually pretty badass. Way and we, go, we, we love you. Um, thanks for keeping us motivated, keeping us coming back for a little bit more. So uh, we'll just dive right back into it. We've got Ben here tonight. We got Jameson. Yo. Mark, Howdy. and I'm here in the usual spot on the north side of the table. So, uh, I guess uh, of note that uh, we'll talk about first, I made a little venture up to uh, Tennessee for a week <clears throat> and uh, met up with the huge fly fisherman and a few other guys that... Uh, I met for the first time and one that I've known for quite a while, and we went smallmouth fishing, and we did so um, on a section of a river that traverses a petrochemical processing plant, and um, we always uh, refer to it as Seussville. Because um, it's got that Dr. Zeus vibe with like the crazy pipes and the steam and the sounds and the smells and the you know craziness going on. And I flew up on I believe it was Thursday, and uh, Ben flew in on Friday. Um, Got picked up. He, he flew in a couple of hours away down towards Knoxville and uh, got picked up and brought up. And we hit the uh, river on Saturday morning and it was mm, about 20 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Balmy. Yeah. A balmy 20 degrees uh, after 
stopping uh, through Pals for uh, biscuits and uh, cheddar rounds, of which Ben was not impressed. Um, what? Yeah, pretty pretty fucking gay. But uh, gay. <laughs> uh-oh. Did we just lose uh-oh. our feed? Uh-oh. Okay, we're back. All right, we're back. It was just my headset. <laughs> um, for those of you that uh, are always saying we need better microphones, yeah. truth is we need better headphones. Well, are you still um, hearing me? Well, our, our sound engineer is... I'm not hearing you right now, yeah. Mark. So wiggle, wiggle your wires. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Wiggle, wiggle. And I think we're back. Ben, sound check. Testing, testing. Survey says, winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, we're back, and uh, the lies continue. So um, after uh, we got to the ramp, um, our fearless guide, uh, Lewis, was waiting for us on his trusty steed, which is uh, this incredibly badass custom-built jet boat. Nice. And um, this is one of those days on the river that it's much like fishing, you know, the, the Keys or um, Charleston, where tides do matter. Uh, mm-hmm. Specifically on the river, it's the generation schedule really mm-hmm. matters because we had to time it so that we had water, enough water to run up the river, and we knew it was going to turn off. But then it was going to come back on for a short bump, and we would need the water to get back out. Um, and it, it cycled a few times throughout the afternoon. So um, we went up, and Kyle and Cody uh, came down in a drift boat from above the Seussville, uh run that we were doing. So they actually had to put in under a bridge if you could see this um air quotes ramp um <laughs> under the john uh under this <laughs> under this bridge don't uh, spot oh uh, yeah um it's fucking rough um but they got the boat in and probably about you know mile or two from where they put in there's uh, a head wall dam um that keeps the water high enough so that the water can feed into the plant because the water is being used for cooling processes right um so they have to go over the dam in the drift boat um oh hell yeah yeah (laughs) how is that done uh carefully (laughs) or with reckless abandon (laughs) depends on who you're with um, Full sin. I've I've done it with Kyle before, and uh, I you know I don't know how they did it. I know that when I did it with Kyle, I was like, "I'll kindly meet you on the other side," and I got out and walked around, and then <laughs> he went over, you know, solo in the in the drift boat, and then I just hopped back in. Uh, it really depends on the water level, but uh, so are you downriver of the classified section? No, we're upriver from up there. River. Okay, yeah. so. Um, we actually, the timing was perfect. Um, they had left earlier than us because they were coming down, you know, on the sticks. We were going to be running up on the jet. 
and we met right where we knew we were going to fish within five minutes of each other. Wow. So we started fishing, and uh, fishing was not quite as hot as we had hoped it was going to be. I think the only fish I caught on the trip was on day one, Uh, and it was just our boats. We were the only ones that were dumb enough to be on the water that day with as cold as it was (laughs) everyone else knew yeah um but uh i actually caught a largemouth which was uh kind of odd for that for that area and um you know if anybody wants to get a better feel for you know what this trip was kind of like on the water portion anyway um ben the huge fly fisherman has uh i think his most recent video was, uh, hey, come fishing with us, and it was our trip through Seussville. So you can go watch it. It's a pretty good uh, rendition of what happens uh, or what happened when we were on the water for a couple of days. But, uh, yeah, man, we had a fucking blast. Um, We stayed pretty much all day and caught the last bump of water to get out of there. and, you know, we're all, you know, kind of as the day's winding down, we're like, well, you know, what are we going to do for the rest of the day? And I said, well, you know, I'd already been telling them about the new shop in town, the fly box mm-hmm. that just opened. And, you know, with the crew I was with, all I had to say was they have beer. They have beer. Yep. And they were like, hey, let's go to the fly shop. So we ran straight from the ramp to the fly shop and literally it was packed uh while we were there um there was probably at all times probably a dozen guys standing around drinking beer two or three different cliques you know having having a good time talking about you know what they'd been doing um how their day had been you know people drifting from click to click or whatever a couple of uh Younger kids recognized Ben and, uh, you know, were like, oh, my gosh, it's the huge fly fisherman. Um, So, uh, you know, got all amped up about that. Speaking uh, of amped up. (laughs) (laughs) So. uh, And I'm gone again. No, no, I think. No. Nope, you're in there. Okay. Um, Uh, He's gone. Yeah, I can't. I'm gone. Are you? It's like Larry stole your voice. It did. Let's see. <laughs> You're on five now, right? Yes. Scared the bejesus out of me. I woke you up. <laughs> <laughs> Try it again. One, two, one, two. Nope, still. Wiggle your wire. Uh, that's what she said. Man, I tell you what, we're just having all kinds of difficulty. It's okay. You, you want to try plugging that back into seven? Let's do it. See if that does the magic. I heard, a, I heard a click. I heard a, click. Click. I heard a pop. Boom. Yeah, and we're back. Mark's back. So uh, you would think four years into it, we'd know what we're doing. But uh, yeah. truth is, we're just seeing how long our sponsors, you guys, <laughs> will hold out before sending us some new equipment. I feel um, like there's a certain age that a, a PA system gets to that it just has a mind of its own. Yeah. There's definitely some gremlins yeah. in, in the big board. So, uh, 
We uh, hung out at the fly shop for a good bit, and then uh, everybody started getting kind of hungry, and uh, we went down to Johnson City, got some pizza, and uh, made it back to my house, and we were all pretty much in bed by, you know, midnight, 1 a.m., um, <laughs> That's a lot later than I was wow. expecting. I thought he was going to eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was very surprised that I made it the full day fishing plus stayed plus, up that late. Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was. I was definitely ready for bed. Um, so part of the reason we were up so late is we were trying to decide what were we going to do on Sunday. Um, we were, you know, all kind of a little bit dejected about how you know the day had gone you know fish were caught but it just wasn't the you know craziness that we had hoped for no football size yeah and just just the numbers it was it was it was a slow day Hmm. um so we kicked around the idea of you know doing trout fishing instead but the generation cycle um schedule predictions for the south holston were worse um no better so then we were like shit if we did that we would have to probably nymph and nobody wanted to do that and so i think we all finally agreed that we would do seussville a second day but we were going to make it a short day and the compromise that came of it was again around the fact that the fly box would be open the next day and we could go drink so (laughs) the uh next morning i think it was 25 degrees on our second day and uh yeah it was warming up warming trend Mm -hmm. and um you know we got to the we got to the ramp um right on cue and loaded up and went up the river and you know things that you learn from day one to day two is uh the jet boats are not like skiffs. They do not put the water down. They just blast through the water. Mm. And when it's 20 to 25 degrees out, the water spray is freaking cold. And it like really quickly horse. turns into <laughs> ice. So uh, there was a lot of diving behind the console <laughs> you know, to try to avoid that. And uh, when we pulled in up there, apparently the word was out a little bit, um, or you know, not that we were setting any trends. It's it's not a secret up there. Celebrities but there were, were in town. There was already a couple of uh, couple of folks up there. So uh, we uh, we low hold a couple of people because uh, just nice. th- that's th- that was our only only way to do it. Only way to do it. You know, everybody that does that run knows if you're there second or third or fourth, you're, you know, you're just, you're not going to get the prime spot, yeah. but you can certainly screw your neighbor and get, you know, <laughs> B or C on down the bank. And, uh, so we fished, uh, you know, our way down and then, uh, they hopped and low hold us. And, uh, when they did, uh, the folks that, low hold us we're in a uh drift boat and we were like 
oh, okay, that's the game we're going to play. <laughs> so we fired up the jet and ran down to the next really prime spot, and we're like, oh, nice. how about them apples? And uh, we um, actually had a really good closed session right there. Um, I had actually hooked uh, and lost and then hooked and immediately broke off two decent smallies on mm-hmm. Saturday mm-hmm. at the, at our final spot. And on Sunday, um, Ben and Lewis absolutely put on a clinic in like a 15, 20-minute period and put, you know, four really nice ones in the boat. And, uh, you know, we're all pretty convinced. Probably the same fish that we had fucked with the day before. Yeah. Um, they, we just managed, they, they managed to hook up on them. Um, so as advertised, we finished up and, uh, we ran out to the Holston Valley, went to, uh, the fly box and, uh, hung out and ended our evening by going to, uh, Southern craft barbecue. <laughs> and it's, uh, hard to Sign beat, me up. hard to beat. So, uh, that, uh, that was the trip. And then, uh, is there a reason why your buddy is running a jet? Is it cause of debris? Or? Uh, well, it, it, you know, cause it gives him the ability to put in and run up there rather than having to traverse that, um, head wall dam. Smart. Yeah. Um, just opens up more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, for him, which is more common up there? Uh, I would say drift boats are more common, uh, though jet boats are starting to become more uh, prevalent, uh, even on the South Holston proper, meaning the the section below the dam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're starting to see a few more jet boats running that section of river, um, but uh, the interesting thing is. Um, you know, Monday morning, um, Kyle took Ben back down to Knoxville to get him on his way back to, to Colorado. And I probably a week to the, to the day, um, I got a text from either Kyle or Lewis that, uh, there was a big explosion, uh, in the plant. Uh, right. right where we had been fishing, or just above where we had been fishing. A steam venting. Uh, it was a 36-inch, so a three-foot diameter pipe um, burst in the steam. Like, I saw, I think I shared pictures with yeah. you guys. Yeah. Um, it basically uh, collapsed a building. You could see the steam plume from miles away. So, I mean, it's it's the real deal, man. It's, it's uh you know, you don't fuck with steam and boiling water. No, no. <laughs> so, um, that's, uh, you know, that's about it. You know I mean? Uh, beyond that, I stayed the balance of the week, did some work around, uh, you know, the house there and just, uh, housekeeping stuff. It was cold. No more well issues. No, no more well okay. issues. Um, we escaped that, and uh, so. Uh, Were you on the tail end of the front? Uh, the big snow. Yeah, like g- Where it like destroyed the eastern seaboard. Uh, that one. We when I left, um, just like the last time I was up there, 
by the time I got home, I was able to look on the cameras and see that we had a few inches of snow. So I missed the snow by 12 hours again. Um, So now when I flew in on the, on the Thursday that I flew in, it was snowing when I got there and there was like an inch and a half on the rental car, nothing on the ground, (laughs) but there was still snow on the ground at my house um, from that original snow that, that happened right there at the first of the year. You know, like any any northern side, mm, you yeah. know, of stuff that was in the shade. Right. Yeah. Still had snow around. Um, but, uh, you know, I looked, I looked at the camera yesterday, and uh, there was some flurries, and uh, the rooftop had some snow on it, but, uh, you know, it wasn't sticking on the yard or anything like Ooh, that. Yeah. So it's been, been kind of a snowy, cold year so far up there. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Mark, yeah, you uh, you've got uh, some reports from the St. John's. Yeah, so uh, been out there fishing a couple times. Nothing to report. Um, went out on a scouting trip to my little shad hole. No shad to be found. Uh, continued to run north because. The shatter coming south. Right. I ran out of rip, river. Yeah. Water. <laughs> so you, you found something, but it wasn't shad. Right. It was the bottom of the St. John's. St. John's sand. So it, <laughs> it is, is wild advertising a different uh, depth to his, his boat draft or... Was that uh, just uh, really shallow? Because, I mean... No, this is Mark just living, you know, a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> just going around Ben's full throttle and then... Oh, okay. So it's user error, not... Oh, for sure it oh, wasn't. Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. no it's not, it's not even... water, you know, in normal water, depending on... Well, that's it's the St. John's water. You can't really tell how deep it is. Well, I, and I, I wouldn't even call it... You know, you're flying by instruments on that. Point. It's 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 the uh, byproduct of exploratory. Uh, Correct. So I got trips. At that point, I was the furthest north I've been putting in at the spot that I put in. Average water depth is six, seven foot. Yeah. This was seven inches, maybe. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, uh, so when you had to pull back out of there, you had to pull against current too, right? Correct. Uh, and again, it's re- it wasn't sand there. It was that mud. Oh, not the, not the stinky. No, but death the, mud. But yeah, it, but the grass. Just be just mud. be glad there wasn't yeah. any. Uh, Cypress knees in there or anything like that. So, haven't found the shad yet. I don't know if they can get through these seven inches of water from the lake above to well, the I'm, water below. I'm sure that there's creeks around because if it's in the area that I'm thinking it is, that there's no, the those, river branches and no, okay. those are those are done too. Ah, okay. Because I did try. So yeah. the water's pretty low on the St. John's now. Right there. Just right there. Yep. Hmm. 
Is it getting lower? Yes, because there's floodplain. I guess okay. you call it. Uh huh. Oh, you know, which is starting to sh- kind of show. And I've learned in the past where it is and where not to go. But no, no shad. I'm kind of disappointed. So should we uh, report to uh, a certain organization that there's an impediment to a natural uh, natural migration of some certain aquatic-based mammal that uh, is being impeded? Well, I don't think that the uh, shad would be considered mammals. I, was, I wasn't talking <laughs> I was about the shad myself. I was talking about the other. Yeah, I don't know that aquatic I've ever, based. I, I don't think animal. I've ever seen a manatee that far up the St. John's. So, in we have in, them by us in large numbers. Yeah, yeah. In doing, but you've research, got the um, springs up there too. Yeah, they have found tarpon. As far south as where we were camping, at Harney. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nothing big. Right. You know, no ocean-going ones, but... So, yeah, it's just really confusing out there right now, and I like it because it's new. Mm-hmm. Um, like we talked about earlier, I want to catch the, the specs. Haven't mm. caught one yet. See Get the internet. Everybody's launch. catching them but me. Um, Jump, well, jumping in the boat. Here's the thing, though. Are they catching them? Because I saw a local guide talking about... I'm with you on this one. Advertising how good the speck, shad, and what's the other they call it? The, I can't remember. It's maybe the crappie, hybrid. The hybrid something. Um, and the shad picture is definitely three years old. For sure. <laughs> How do you know that? Because I remember when it was originally posted. <laughs> that photo- photographic memory over there. Yeah. It's hard. I told Jameson earlier that I've read that it comes in cycles of five years. Yeah. So you'll have a good year, which I consider last year because I caught one. Right. <laughs> uh this year, none. So I'm going to say it's a bad year. Well, I'm sure it's you know just um, you know just like in Alaska, there's good you know oh, yeah. th- it's cyclic when it comes to how many you know salmon come in the river from year to year. They actually project yeah. it and know. And, and you can because they're basing it off of water temp. Okay. So the shad are moving down as the water temperature drops. Okay. So the temperature's colder up north coming in off of the Atlantic. Okay. River's still warm. They kind of hold up. Drops a couple degrees. They They'll move, move forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very scientific. For a stupid fish, it is. Oh. That has, I mean, are you the guy that wraps the row in bacon? And No. Okay. No. I, I've, I've never caught a shad. And uh, frankly, I haven't taken the time or the opportunity to go fishing for them, which I feel like is a disservice considering how close I live to the river. Um, <clears throat> and I've always wanted to. I just haven't taken the opportunity. It's different. Yeah. I know there's guys that uh, eat the nymph for them. Mm-hmm. They'll throw a little nymph and they'll jig. See, my biggest thing that I've found on the river is that I'll get like, I'll be fishing banks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a 
four foot gar will roll in the center and i'll drop everything and cast at that gar knowing damn well that that gar is not going to eat whatever i have on and that's where my downfall typically lies because then another one rolls on the other side of the boat on the other side of the river so my problem that i'm slowly learning is the catfish the catfish yep roll they come up is it is it the catfish or the i I don't think this is the the correct term it's an armored catfish but it's not yeah right it's like a yeah placostomus yeah a walking catfish i think a older old guy say yeah they're they're non-native yeah so either way when i see that i go back to ditch tarpon mode yeah exactly same thing there's fish fish cast cast all day and at that one spot nothing (laughs) not gonna happen yeah we uh, we had one of those in our pond to like clean it. Uh, Mom and Dad stuck it in there. Ty ate it. No, this oh. is this is <laughs> now there's seven thousand, but it did die, and I think a bird got it, and it was you know about two and a half feet long. And being the homeschoolers that we were, Mom was like, "You're gonna dissect that for science." First off, rock hard. You know how hard it is to cut <laughs> one of those open. After about an hour, we had about an incision the size of these tweezers. And it, and it smelt like a motherfucker. And she made us sit out there and just cut it open. And finally, I just I just looked at her and said, I'm not doing this anymore. This is disgusting and it's impossible. I'm going to cut myself before I get into this fish. I don't think I've ever and heard. that was science. Yeah. I've heard if, that language before. If you had, a, Mil- if you had a Milwaukee, podcast, you could have got through it. I didn't have tools back then. I was homeschooled and poor. <laughs> now he's a minister of hustle. Look at him. So now I've got a lot of them. Speaking of the... Uh, the armored fish there there's a ramp on uh state road 46 just uh it's the next ramp up from where we launched to go camping uh-huh and right there is, by where jessup comes in yes yep. yes there is always like a dozen of those fish just scattered on the ramp there's a lot of uh cast so, cast netting goes on for yeah. those yeah so i was I've wondering seen that. What are they cast netting for? I, I Anything. Don't know. They're usually homely people, we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm doing Mach 60 coming around corners now because I can. <laughs> and they're in the middle of the river. Mm-hmm. They're not off we, to the sides. or. And then they wave you down like you're in the wrong for going fast in the fast lane. Yeah. But... Mark, they scratched your I call anchor. them turtle eaters, not homely. The soft shell turtle yeah. is good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Haven't had it yet? Yeah, there's, so there's a place in St. Cloud called the Catfish Place. Hmm. And they've got all the Florida delicacies. You can get turtle. Catfish? Catfish. Oh, okay. Frog legs, yeah. gator tail. But, yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up was the cast netting. They're not using any electronics. They're out there in a john boat and just let her eat. Well, there's for, also for whatever. Well, there's probably quite a quite a few um, mullet. What 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 did you have in your pond that you hated? Tilapia. Tilapia. Mm. Probably out there trying to cast net tilapia. Yeah. Oh, gross. Tastes po- good. Old poop eaters. <laughs> 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 Nothing like an organic fillet of poop eater. Yeah. 
<laughs> we should put those in the river. Maybe they'll clean it up. Put them behind the uh, mm-hmm. manatee cage fight. So, speaking of the manatee cage fight, Mark, you're uh, down there at the, uh, <laughs> the epicenter at the epicenter of the feeding frenzy. Should we have an update like they have? <sighs> and tell you nothing? <laughs> this is a public service announcement brought to you by the Taylor Trash My channel Podcast. Seeing as how it's local, state, and... Federal. National, federal agencies. It's like the county fair circus. So they think they know what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing yet. Well, so we talked about it earlier. They have tarps set up to keep the human element out of feeding the manatees. So a little arm comes out from the side of the tarp and, you know, drops a head of, of lettuce. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm just trying. And speculate that this time next year, those manatees will still be there. Even though the tarp is feeding them and it's not a human interaction. So this isn't, you know, five or six. Uh, If you go at the right time when there is no entity around, there's hundreds of manatees. If not thousands. Possibly. That you wouldn't see normally. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of their little video updates or photos that they're updating on social media with their posts and to me it's gaslighting um they're like you know in order to make sure that you know human interaction and manatee feeding does not you know change the behavior of the manatees we're we're utilizing these tarps so that the manatees don't associate the food with humans and it's a pier that's like 250 feet long and eight feet of it (laughs) has a tarp so the manatees don't observe or hear the mm-hmm. human footsteps for 200 yards right and then all of a sudden plop plop there's plop plop there's plop, even plop. oh look it's food there's even a couple camouflage tarps oh <laughs> they're trying to be sneaky um do they rotate tarps is it like tarp a gets the breakfast cycle Tarp B gets the midday. I don't know how they do it because there's just so many of them. I wonder if there's like bullying goes on. Yeah. Oh, there's oh. definitely runs of that cow. Herd. Oh, yeah. There's some smashed baby manatees on Shit. the bottom of of that. And the best part that I like is they took them away from the warm water area and uh, moved them. Wait, they touched them? No, no, no. So... For those that don't know. It's not in the the Um, discharge, the water, the warm water discharge. Bread trail with lettuce? I I think that's, I've never seen this many manatees in the river, period. I think it's all a hoax. Like they transplanted them in the middle of the night. Um, It's madness. I just, in order to fix the problem, we're creating another problem by feeding this animal instead of 
fixing well, the environment. It ate all its food. Well, now they're going to die. Yeah. So, don't expect to see any seagrass in the IRL anytime soon. That, or it'll make a miraculous comeback because they just keep eating fucking lettuce. Or because they keep penning them up. Oh, so they're actually actively holding them in there. No. As to not disrupt the natural migration. No, there's a small gate. Oh, okay. (laughs) That makes total sense. There's a high wall. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> High fence manatee hunting, baby. Let's go. Florida's long lost industry. You know, I, for as much as we dislike this mammal. I mean, it's sad. It, it really is. But it's unfortunately, it's consequences that have been placed upon them. Yeah. And, right. and, and have been compounded. And here's what I don't understand is FWC... U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Save the Manatee Club, all of these organizations are are their heart is in the right place, Mm -hmm. but they're ignoring the elephant in the room, and the elephant in the room is the entire environment around these manatees has crashed, and. You can't pick and choose right. one or two species to coddle, you know, whether it's migratory birds and waterfowl mm-hmm. and manatees, and then at the detriment of the entire rest of the estuary, that's the focus. Like, it, it, it's just, it's mind boggling to think that legitimate. Scientists, biologists, refuge managers can look in the mirror in the morning and say, I'm doing God's work. Yeah, the the best thing. I'm doing the best thing. Um, That's the thing. Watching this, I don't believe there's any type of research or... No, it's it's knee-jerk reaction. It's It's a knee-jerk reaction. and, and here's, you know, Jameson and I had the opportunity um, yesterday, was it, that we went and did? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we went and uh, participated in a, a volunteer uh, opportunity at Marine Discovery Center. And I was happy to do it, and I would do it again um, because there's definite benefits to the um, restoration of oyster reefs in the system uh have they got it completely dialed in yet no are they working towards that absolutely Mm -hmm. um what are the benefits of oyster reefs well each individual oyster can filter 40 to 50 gallons of water per day multiply that times you know an active living oyster reef and it's it's pretty incredible Mm -hmm. and part of what You'll hear if you go to one of those events and talk to the folks that are organizing it and are uh, liaising with the researchers behind these events or or behind the need for these uh, bagged oysters, they are creating or restoring, quote unquote, living shorelines. Mm -hmm. And that's like the buzzword right now for, you know, 
the river conserve the Riverside Conservancy. That's all they're doing. Um, they've partnered with Stetson. They're like doing you know like some kind of film about it. You know, it's all about you know we're saving the lagoon. One living see sh- one living shoreline, shoreline at a time, yeah. and it's monumentally frustrating to me because I'm just a simple fucking tard from Tennessee, right? And I'm like, well, how many acres of living shoreline can you create in a year yet ignore the fact that there's thousands of acres of living shorelines behind the dikes right? Mm-hmm. that that are no longer using a, a, serving a useful purpose for mosquito control, which was their original intention behind building them. Um, back in the day when they did build them, they didn't do any um, environmental impact study. Uh, and if they did, it was very short-sighted. Um, you know, so, you know, the Congress... Um, you know, declared that the Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge and Canaveral National Seashores would be, you know, here for the preservation of waterfowl and and seabirds. And literally in their charter, the actual estuary and any kind of fish and wildlife come last. And it's like, why why are we spending so much effort and time and gaslighting everyone about the great good work that we're doing restoring these little stretches of shoreline when we could take an excavator and open 40-foot breaches every half mile in this system of dikes and we would be you know on a you know huge scale a magnitude much greater be restoring shorelines to natural shorelines right but nobody talks about it it's like the again it's the elephant in the room nobody you know, there's no research to be had around yeah. that. It's like restore the natural hydrology and let's get fucking busy. So there's a lady I like to call racist Ruby that hangs out at the the boat ramp and she watches the dolphins in the morning, the sunrise. She's always there. I don't know how much truth is behind it. She said she started seeing a decline back in the 90s when everybody got the hot and heavy hand to start clamming and okay. everything in the banana river and the Indian river people coming from up North and just, you know, out there with their rakes, just uh-huh. scooping up the shellfish and filter feed. And that's where, and she said she kind of started to see that decline and in things. I don't know. The well, truth I think, behind it, I but think when you have something like, I'm just lost what I'm trying to say, but like when you have these dikes that are blocking this shoreline, like that's a huge impact. Mm-hmm. And then you start taking away a little percentage here and a little percentage here compounds on this where you've blocked off this seagrass. Like it all starts making a bigger impact because there's even less. Oh yeah. It, it goes exponentially out of control. Yeah. And then, you know, beyond anybody's control 2010, we have the, uh, huge cold event yeah yeah and then 2011 what used to be a background species of algae the brown algae Mm -hmm. comes to the forefront it doesn't allow 
sunlight to reach the bottom three feet and deeper. So all those seagrass meadows die because they can't photosynthesize. Mm -hmm. So they're gone. And back in the day, the manatees and the number of manatee boat strikes was significantly less because the manatees fed in deeper water and stayed in deeper water and could avoid boat strikes because they had somewhere to go. They right. they had depth, you know. Um, but once that grass was gone, next thing you see is manatees basically army crawling mm-hmm. in shallow areas. I mean, you know, tell me how many times you guys have seen manatees, you know, with three quarters of their fucking body out yeah. of the water yep. eating grass eating augustine grass yeah well not even not even to that but i mean at the very end yeah they're doing that up in canals now i mean it's it's gotten ludicrous but you know save the manatee club is a business at the end of the day and you know there's a lot of people that get good salaries out of that organization and it's not for profit though Which means that they don't make money, but they're still going to pay everybody that works there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it's it's just frustrating in general that, you know, to me, at its core, the word restoration means restore it to its original. And there's no effort being made to do that. We're trying to come up with all these Band-Aid fixes, whether it's hucking a bunch of fucking rotting lettuce Mm-hmm. into the lagoon to be turned into manatee turds or or just floats and decays and yeah. becomes part of the muck problem yeah. that we have right so yeah. you know until or unless the management plan changes around uh, the north end of the Indian River Lagoon and Mosquito Lagoon um, we're stuck yeah. we are absolutely stuck there with were what a, we got a couple times I was thinking from our camping trip when Andrew was telling us how you know, he would handle things in the Middle East with a orca. Yes. <laughs> Can't we just introduce a couple orcas? <laughs> It'd be the winter time, right? Yeah, bring them down. Just push the manatees south. You know, little psyops. Mm-hmm. They don't have a natural predator. That's true. See a couple, you know, you see them like little, like flip a seal through the air. You right. see like a manatee calf <laughs> spiraling. Right. Well, I, okay, you get bull sharks. I was going to uh, say we could do the same with bull sharks. Most of the time, they're pups, the ones that are hanging around still. Mom is gone, but this is going to be a forever problem, mm-hmm. which is or, sad to say. Or it, it gets to a point where it's unsustainable and there is no more funding to f- keep feeding. There's always funding. And they're, they're just putting off the inevitable. Or people wake up and come to our senses and, and say we've got to do, go at do this something from a holistic yeah. from a holistic standpoint. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's monumentally frustrating you know, we just don't have, and Jameson, I think you said this, you know, we don't have the notoriety. Um, when somebody says Mosquito Lagoon, people are like, where is that? You say the Everglades and people are everybody like, knows everybody knows it. And, you know, it's not hard for folks to understand that the Everglades needs water. It needs clean water. 
they're spending fucking, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions, on that problem to the detriment of what's going on here. We've got a member of the St. John's River Water Management District Board of Directors that was appointed by our governor that spends more time in the Everglades talking about problems with the Everglades and success stories of what they're funding that they're getting. And, you know, he may as well be on this uh, South Florida Water Management District Board because he doesn't really ever talk about what's happening in his own backyard where his business is. There just wasn't an opening on that board. Apparently. Um, because, you know, I was being an optimist, hoping to see, you know, okay, we've got a, a local voice um, that's in the boating industry mm-hmm. that, you know, is a fellow angler. Um, but other than running through here, you know, during a skiff challenge, mm-hmm. you know, they, they could give a shit less. And, uh, you know, we are, we're kind of a no man's land at this point. So until or unless it changes and, you know, we get together as a group, meaning, you know, all the anglers, whether it's fly, spin, bait chunkers, Mm -hmm. everybody and say, okay, enough is enough. Well, and even something's got to change. Even the other folks that use the, the resource, the crabbers, the shrimpers, people like that right those animals aren't going to be around either how about the manatee watchers and the bird watchers so so with that in years past certain times of the year i'm sure ben has seen them the mullet fishermen right yeah zooming across the flat yep rounding up all the mullet i haven't seen one in a year and a half Mm -mm. if i think about it, i haven't either i'm sure they're there (laughs) Not as many as there were. I mean, mean, you know, it's sad to me that, you know, I never, ever had to think about finding clean, clear water Mm -hmm. in the lagoon. And now, depending on which way the wind is blowing for how many days, you're like, oh, man, don't even bother going over there. It's going to be, you know, the turbidity is going to be so bad. you got to wait for a couple of days for the wind to drop out, for it to settle back out. Because um, there, there's nothing holding the bottom together anymore. Say it with me. Mosquito Lagoon sucks. Tell, Tell your friends. friends. Tell and, your friends. You know, the same thing. I consider myself North Indian River. But in the wintertime, we get the north winds, mm-hmm. which takes all that stagnant water that builds up in the north in the summertime, and it pushes its way towards Ben. Yeah, some of the sediment drops, you know, physics and, and all that good stuff. And everybody gets happy. Ah, clean water. Clean water. Yeah, spring comes around. Winds move a little south, southwest. Back to chocolate milk. Oh. Water shitty again. Uh, Titusville just dumped 8 million gallons. Uh, 10,000 manatees that are being harbored over here. I don't know. It's sad. Yeah. We should all just become trout fishermen. Or start fishing the St. John's like Mark. Because <laughs> that's... 
I still can't find he's, a damn fish. He's just he's just running, <laughs> he's just running around running the ground. Yeah, you know, like Wild said, why do you why do you, how do you have 120 hours on your engine already? Sightseeing. <laughs> There's no fish. Just running. <laughs> just running. Mama said these were my magical <laughs> shoes. They would take me anywhere. Just running. Boy, them 70s are efficient, huh? 120 Actually, hours. How many gallons is that? Uh, wide open, I'm getting about seven and a half miles a gallon. That's better than I thought. That's pretty good. I mean, for a 70. Nautical miles, that's pretty good. Hmm. In boating terms, you got to speak gallons per hour. Uh, I can't do that math. What's the GPH <laughs> on on big boats? They have a readout, and I'm, it's usually like a one or a no. You're shooting for a one. Yeah, I'm yeah. going off of what Simrad says. It's it's in there. So that one gallon per hour would be great. Yeah, That'd be phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. What is the? Queen Elizabeth II gets two gallons per six inches. <laughs> I just know it's time to fill up when I'm gaining like five or six miles an hour. <laughs> That's a because good the idea. bow's getting lighter. It's like ooh, a lighter up front. All right, so uh, kind of uh, you know riding around, trying to wrap my brain around this. Uh, whole debacle that's going on i i had never been down to black point so i wanted to go and see how the uh bird folks live and uh when uh i decided to do it i said to my lovely bride hey let's go on a little saturday mm-hmm. um we'll go down to play linda brewing down in titusville to the hardware and uh, have a little light lunch. She can get a beer. Um, they have some amazing mm-hmm. uh, root beer that they make oh, there yeah. in house. Mm. And I'll, I'll have a an ice cold, you know, craft root beer, frosty mug. And when we get done, we'll uh, go out and we'll drive the dike roads. We'll go out to play Linda Beach and walk look for sea glass and you know mm-hmm. just make an afternoon of it at, at play linda huh that's what the kids call it nowadays huh? well so let's go let's go sea glass and it play linda babe <laughs> so, so you know it's the that the uh cns um on the north end um they refer to everything as like parking lot, parking lot Correct. one yep. through five, um, parking lot five and South. You may encounter nude sunbathing. Mm-hmm. So I knew that there was nude sunbathing associated with the Playa Linda side. And there's even a sign that helpful tells you that beyond, um, Boardwalk. They're not parking areas down there. It's boardwalk. Beyond boardwalk 12, you may encounter. So we drive in, and we stopped at boardwalk 10. 
which should be plenty of space. Mm, I usually don't go past Eddie Creek. So, <laughs> well, so this was this was one of those learning experiences, Mark. So we uh, we pull the jeep in and we get out and we walk over the boardwalk and holy shinoli. Mm, before before <laughs> before our toes hit the sand yeah. we we're both like mm-hmm. my god what is going on mandingo <laughs> <laughs> you know if you've ever thought by going to um the uh nudie beach you were going to get to see you just got super quiet something mm-hmm. Did it? Yeah. Something audio took place, yeah. Uh, It's still recording. Yeah, it's better now. Yeah. Um, It's it's not something that you want to see. It's not 25-year-olds. As a matter of fact... It's not a European nude beach. No. This is a... This isn't where Lawson hangs out. This is where... The villages comes to be. Oh God! Yeah, it it was. Uh, and and when you walk out and you're accosted by, you know, seeing grandma and grandpa, eye raped, walking down the beach, <laughs> letting it all, with, hang out. letting everything hang out, and grandma is grandma is looking for sea glass too. And she put something in them bags. She found something. She found something, and she doesn't bend over with her knees. She bends at the waist, and you see that thing from like that's the whole hip looking at you. You're you're like, you're like, oh my lord! And uh, you you don't want to just like turn and run, you know, because you feel like you're being a little immature. But you're like at the same time, you're just like it's a train wreck. You don't. Yeah, want to watch it, but you're yeah. curious to see what happens. So, so we stood there oh. for like five minutes, and we were like, uh, "Let's get the fuck out of here!" And uh, we left. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, it was. Uh, I can tell you, the signs are inaccurate. Um, <laughs> twelve. <laughs> I can only imagine what's happening up at twelve because ten was fucking. Um, I wanted to take a Brillo pad to my eyes. <laughs> so, uh, but with Black Point, as a uh, amateur bird nerd, there's not as many birds. You have to wear clothes there, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just clarifying. I mean, it's not frowned upon, but we went to we went to Black Point after oh, okay. um, to, to try to find something pleasant to look yeah. at to, to erase <laughs> the memories, but. There's not near as many birds, especially the one that everybody goes for, which is the rosate mm-hmm. spoonbill. So our whole ecosystem with that area. It's messed up. It's like messed a soup up. sandwich. The only thing there are them dirty-ass shovelers. I think Jameson likes to eat those, but. I've never killed one. No, Talk about those little teeny tiny ones? No, they're. They're decent size. What are they? You're talking about skimmers? Oh, you're talking about the little ones? The little teeny tiny divers. What are those? Little teal? 
coots? No, 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 no. They're like teeny tiny little ducks. It's almost like a, you know the size of like a rubber ducky. Oh, a scupper. Oh, no. is that what that is? I know what you're talking about because I had to look it up. I Lesser should. scalp, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to get my bird nerd book out of the uh, truck. Yeah. I thought you were talking about snipe. No, they're... No, that's St. John's. Yeah. yeah. No, they're he's small. He's busy running aground. <laughs> well, somebody's got to find it. He's following the airboat trails. So That's what those are? Speaking <laughs> of airboat, so my parents' island has had a very eventful last 24 hours. Two days ago, my dad helped someone move a new gas-powered golf cart. Not new. New to them. Golf cart to the island. Sparked and caught fire. Nice. Molten aluminum. Just he, They said it's like a six-foot, like, it looks like a fire Puddle. pit ring. Just <laughs> melted golf cart. Burn. Every, they, said it, they said it literally happened in the perfect spot. No trees, no houses. Wow. And then, I won't drop names. Nobody knows those people. But somebody went out drinking and came back on their airboat and tried to dock at the Sunset Beach and was like 30 feet away into the golf cart trail, spun sideways in his airboat. And, and just left it? He was drunk. He wasn't going to start it nice. back. He went, just went home. And so this morning was... <laughs> airboater party. What is their airboat doing here? And let's go make sure they're okay and get them to move this out of the golf cart path. <laughs> wow. That's a good scrap there for that, that puddle of aluminum there. It's a good-looking boat, too. Oh, I was talking about the... Oh. All right, well, uh, nothing like taking a break on the heels of an airboat story. So uh, we're going to go uh, kick the board a few times and uh, take a quick break, see if we can come back and give you guys another little bit of insight into uh, what we got going on around the chill. We'll be right back. Too late to hide, feet too soft to run. But people say I'm the luckiest man. And yeah, they say running is useless. Fighting is foolish. You're not gonna win, but still you're the luckiest man you're up against. And too many horses and mysterious forces. What you don't know is you are the luckiest man. You're the luckiest man. I don't talk to the devil when he calls my name. And just like that, we are back in... Uh, I mentioned it earlier, Jameson. I'll let you uh, share your uh, perception and uh, experience. Uh, we went out and volunteered for what about an hour and a half, two hours, yeah. um, doing some uh, oyster bag filling we, shell shell. I feel like we shouldn't even call it bagging because it it's not. They're not plastic bags like some people might assume they are. They're not like peanut bags or anything like that. Right. So there was, it was pretty well organized. It really was. A number of stations where. Netting? No. What do you call it? Netting? It's basically wire cages. 
Yeah, it's, that's what, it, like it's, chicken wire almost. Yeah, it's similar yeah. to uh, what you see the crab traps made mm-hmm. out of. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got you know all of these rolls of the wire, and they know the approximate size. And there's a station where people are using tin snips uh, mm-hmm. to pull off uh, the appropriate amount of the wire mesh and cut it to size. And then the next station kind of folds it. Um, and then it's kind of like uh, hog nose staples. Yeah. Yeah. So they staple it together in the form of sort of a circle and mm-hmm. then staple one end so it, you know, open on one to be filled and sealed on the other or yeah, loosely sealed. But right. then it gets passed to... Uh, this really neat contraption that was yeah. made out of like PVC. I was gonna say like PVC. Yeah, it was like a big tube, but with like a potter almost on top, or like a planter on top that had yeah. the bottom cut out, but was rigid enough to handle, you know, five gallon bucket of oyster shells being dumped into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then you had folks shoveling oyster shells into the five gallon buckets, and they had uh, piles set up by month. And so when we showed up, they were working on, what was it like? It would have been like May. May, I believe. Yeah, because I think we moved, we moved to June. Minimum, yeah. Yeah, so we, we finished the May pile and then moved to the June pile and the July pile. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, we stacked while we were there just in the two hours. I mean, it had to have been a couple hundred bags. Yeah. Or bales. <laughs> It looked like an efficient process. It really was. And what was really um, inspiring was the sheer number of people out there volunteering and the number of kids that were out there. And the kids weren't just running around. I mean, they were running around a certain amount, but, like, the kids actually wanted to be involved Mm -hmm. and would come over and, you know, help at different stations for a few minutes yep. till their, you know, attention span was gone and right. then they'd run and go do something and else. And come back, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Jesse got promoted. Um, she's director of um, conservation programming, conservation and education programming, and Tess, who took over for her um, in her position, her former position, was out there in charge of um, this event. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had the opportunity to talk to her a little bit. And basically what they're doing is, you know, you got the shuck and share program mm-hmm. where all the restaurants uh, in like a five-county area are yeah. mm-hmm. contributing, you know, shells rather than them going to a landfill. They come to MDC. They're stacked up in that back parking lot where they – basically are left to the elements so that uh, they kind of... Nature can run its course. Nature can run its course, and it becomes uh, a good substrate for the oyster spat, which is um, the young, like almost microscopic oyster to colonize on the old shells. And so uh, they... they, They're drawn to that, right? They are. Yeah. They are. And... uh, you know, MDC isn't actually doing the projects. MDC is kind of the clearinghouse for 
one of the raw materials that's required mm-hmm. for the researchers to do those projects. So that's really what's going on is by hosting and being in charge of shuck and share, they are, you know, creating and storing all of these, you know, bags, for lack of a better word, these, you know, cages full of uh, recycled oysters um, so that when somebody at UCF says, hey, I'm doing a, a, you know, project over here and I need 300 of 300 units um then they say yep come on over we've got them for you um you know it's statewide um different researchers and facilities come to to pick these up and put them in place it's not just it's not just happening in mosquito lagoon there's plenty of other places where they're restoring and uh, trying to determine you know where they can get these oyster reefs, you know, reestablished and uh, benefiting water quality. As a, how can I say this without getting in trouble? As a Mosquito Lagoon old timer, mm-hmm. is there a southern line for the oysters? Well, because you know, I, I see them a lot up on the north end. Uh huh. Absolutely. And I'm not familiar enough with all the back creeks and, and all that to where, you know, it could dip off. But is there a, a line Well, that kind of... I'll, I'll say this. Um, as a quote-unquote old-timer, um, you know, my lifetime, um, even, if, even if I had been fishing from day one, and let's say that I had 50 years of experience in Mosquito Lagoon, um, 50 years of my observation is nothing compared to the lifespan of Mosquito Lagoon, mm-hmm. right? So the there are definitely areas right now that I would say, you know, the closer you get to the inlet, the more water mm-hmm. flow, the more turnover you have is more oyster um, friendly Mm -hmm. than areas where there's less water flow. That being said, I know of places in the middle lagoon where you'll be polling and go, wow, look, there's part of an old oyster reef. You know, there's like, you know, it's like oyster mound kind of on the shoreline. So, I'm saying that to say this over decades, over centuries, mm-hmm. you know, I would say that the range of where oysters naturally occurred kind of shifts and moves, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause I'm pretty sure that you could probably go back hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. And there may have been, you know, a smaller inlet through the dunes that that came through, you know, like I always look at um, the area behind bird Island um, on an aerial map and look at that. And it's very obvious to me that from bird Island um, out and you've got um, tiger shoal, Mm -hmm. it really looks like a sandbar that 
from from the water coming in. It's almost like it, it, it has the same look and feel of Disappearing Island. Um, and there was there are different spots around there where there's old oyster mounds, um, and it cha- long story short, it changes. But as far as contemporary, contemporary, um, yeah, certainly up further, like you know, East Channel up through JB's. Okay, because um, I was gonna say where I see it is even as far south as kind of like. My cutoff would be that shotgun area. Yeah, there's a few places south that mm-hmm. kind of hold them, but everything north of shotgun, yeah, uh, you start to see it more on that east channel. And I would say one of the probably the <clears throat> anecdotally, if you are driving past a crab trap buoy mm-hmm. and you can see current around a crab trap buoy. I would say that's probably somewhere that oysters could likely survive and, and, you know, do well. Um, I'm not sure what, you know, there's talk that, you know, boat wakes are detrimental to the, the oyster reefs. And I I don't really understand that. I haven't really Mm -hmm. asked enough questions to have an understanding about it. Um, But I do know, from my own eyeballs that there's been oyster mounds that I've seen had live oysters, um, over the years that don't anymore. Yeah. Um, is it because, you know, boat wakes have, uh, sculpted the bottom differently or wind currents have done it. Storms have done it. I, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but that's the research that's being done. You know, they're trying to find the limits of, Hey, we know that these oyster mounds, these oyster reefs are beneficial. So let's put some out, come back and monitor it a year later. Um, see, you know, are we recruiting spat? Are we seeing right. new live oysters growing? Um, are they not? Um, and a lot of times, I think whether they find that the oyster mats or bags or whatever we're going to call them, um, recruit new growth even if they don't recruit new growth um, they do serve a purpose in stabilizing a shoreline and then you know creating a wave break so that possibly mangroves that are planted behind them Mm-hmm. The roots of those a little more survivability will will stabilize the shoreline, mm-hmm. and actually, there's they're actually documenting that the shoreline is growing, uh, meaning that uh, you know the roots of the mangrove are doing their job, where they disrupt uh, flow, they slow the water down, and allow any turbidity in the water to mm-hmm. settle, and you know the shoreline becomes more robust, um, and it grows. So there's, you know, it's not a singular um, benefit benefit mm-hmm. that, that determines whether it's a success or a failure, um, you know, so. Yeah, and, and there doesn't seem to be a downside to them, at least, that I've heard of. I haven't heard somebody give a, a legitimate reason as to why we shouldn't try, even if it was you're not seeing them that far south you know right there you're adding structure to something that wasn't there 
Right. And it might help sustain or stabilize. Like I just know. I mean, there were a couple of mounds on George's bar. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. that that slowly over time have gone away. Yeah, yeah. Cause, and, I mean, look at the decay and the, the sediment motion problem that we have currently. I mean, there could be some that we don't even see because they're just see. covered. Right. Because yeah. the sediment and the decay has been so bad lately that it stirs everything up and then settles. And I've well, often wondered, you know, obviously, I think what the lagoon's a couple of three miles, maybe five miles wide right there in George, you know, around mm-hmm. George's bar. Why don't we, why do we not see mangroves populating on top of George's bar? Yeah, I mean that that would be a hell of a wave break on a north or south wind. Oh heck yeah! Um, you know, and imagine you know the juvenile fish habitat, the juvenile crustacean habitat. If George's Bar was like one big long island with oh, mangroves, it would be incredible. <laughs> um, you look at Shotgun, and that was all storm generated. Um, where the barrel of Shotgun used to be on the east, or I'm sorry, on the west end. Uh, on the north side of the shotgun channel, there used to be mangroves growing there, a uh, very defined barrel. There's none on the north side of it anymore. And that was because of, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. two or three of the storms came through, the ones that wiped out all the docks going up mm-hmm. the, you know, the intercoastal. Yeah. It uprooted and, and, and fucked up those little islands to the point that all the mangroves died and they've become dislodged, unrooted, and they're gone. Um, that would be a prime place in my mind. Put some mats down and, uh, you know, reinforce that what's left of that submerged shoreline, yeah. get some new mangroves started in there and restore it, get it back to the way it was. Um, and they're doing the research to see if we did that, would it be successful? Because, you know, what's the definition of insanity? Continuing to do the same thing over and over, yeah. you know, and expecting different results. Well, unless you go out and study and see what the results are, you don't know whether you should be doing it there or, or you say, right. well, there's just not enough water movement. You can go through shotgun and you can see crab buoys leaning one direction or the other. Oh, absolutely. Depending on the water flow. Yeah. yeah. You know. I typically Down the don't intercoastal. Go north of shotgun without Larry. Because that's when the, <laughs> the pucker factor is like a hundred. You're like, mm-mm, nope. Don't have Larry with us today? No. Not gonna do it. It t- it takes a little while to learn it up there, but uh, <laughs> you know, once you do it it becomes just like anything else, you know. Um but uh, you know, it was a very rewarding experience, mm-hmm. and uh, the next time um, you know yeah. it happens, we'll try to share it on our social media. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you're a listener to the show and you're here local and you have the opportunity to go volunteer at MDC doing one of those events, mm-hmm. I would highly recommend it. It's uh, it leaves you feeling good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big community event too. Yeah, I mean, there was it really a bunch was. of people exchanging names and just meeting each other and. You know, if, if you're looking for something to do on a Saturday morning and, and really help out and just meet good people that want to help Like-minded out as well, folks. You know, that's a great opportunity to do it. And it's super easy. Yeah. They're very helpful. Yeah. Very, very, very straightforward approach. And, uh, man, how about them spiders? <laughs> 
Yeah, the uh, the ecosystem that forms in a pile of uh, discarded oyster shells is uh, pretty is diverse. A unique one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was frogs. I didn't think about that. Magnum roaches and even bigger spiders and yeah, magnum I mean, roaches. Oh, oh yeah, ginormous fucking roaches, like African hissing cockroaches, like the Dope. big big chunky yeah. ones. Yeah. <sighs> I think we call those palmetto bugs. I was going to yeah. say, I could, I could deal with any type of insect, but that palmetto bug. It was nice because it was cold out, so they weren't, like, really oh, active. Yeah. They weren't, like, flying and, like, getting on you. Getting on you. It's, it's PTSD. As soon as you turn the light off and you lay your head down, you hear that. I'll tell you. And it's gone. What I've been oh, hearing lately God. is I got rid of the window unit and the master bedroom. And my dog fucking walks around and makes a shit ton of noise at night. And it carries down the hallway. I'm like, mm-hmm. I get up, like, before I can finally get to sleep, he's hucking a piece of plastic here. He's gnawing on a mm-hmm. mammal rib there. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Right. It's pretty funny. And he's got it figured out. You'll hear him in the kitchen, like, counter surfing. And I'll open the door and I'll also hear two feet go, pup, pup. And then, like, walk around the corner and stick his head down the hallway and be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? Fucking palmetto. Yeah. I was surprised that we didn't see any lizards. I was really... really, Probably because how cold it was. Yeah. Probably how cold it was. Or the palmetto bugs ate them. No. they They were waiting until everybody left. There was a lot of commotion between the shovels and the buckets and... Yeah. Mark, what are you doing with that CFC can of Raid? <laughs> Listen, I know we're helping. These, these things need to die. Oh, I hit a couple of them with a shovel, and they just like looked up. No, at I was going to say they looked at you. <laughs> they were like, "Yes, can I help you?" Larry will remember. Maybe what was it? Joe's apartment on MTV. He lived in the apartment. He had a bunch of roaches, and they would talk to him. It was on, like, after Beavis and Butthead or something. Oh, late night snack. Late night, yeah. Yeah. I was surprised that you just snatched that wolf spider out so quickly. I had gloves on. Was it a wolf wolf spider or a huntsman? It might have been a huntsman. My my arachnid identification is not... to he, the level of expert, he the, was big. Those he was a haunter. Those bastards was, don't he, back down. They like rear up and they're like, bring it. No, I mean it was cold, so like this he guy was, was just happy to like. I picked him up and moved him over yeah. where he wouldn't get trampled. Yeah, spiders I could deal with. Yeah. Except, I don't know, man. You get Black bit Widows. by a brown recluse and you're like, f them all. I'm terrified of them. We we well, typically don't have them down here. Well, it's usually uh, brown widows. I was just about to say that. Which I did not know existed. Okay. But they're, like what? Shits and giggles. A hundred times more venomous than the Black Widow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Mine was a recluse. I know that. They tested it. The My arm. Because we get the house sprayed so my chemicals can run into the Indian River and, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So it's your fault. No, it's the manatee. And the guy oh, was okay. like John Candy from Arachnophobia. He found one of those brown recl- or brown widows in the garage, and man, he was just like stoked when he got a little 
specimen jar and oh yeah <laughs> we're gonna double the poison in your house yeah yeah you like let's just burn it down oh let's not just, just i mean i have a septic tank too so i always when i'm in uh, Baton 100 daddy long legs country i'm always reminded that they're the most they're venomous. the most venomous right. but they can never bite us right. yeah yeah crazy we have daddy long legs there in tennessee oh yeah I see him all over the yeah. place I used to play with them when I, I like was a, a kid. I'm not worried about them. Let them run all over you. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, let's move on to a little bit of good news. <laughs> yeah. um, After manatees. <laughs> trying, trying, to fix, trying to fix the water quality. Um, I did see evidence that uh, solutions are being sought. Um, driving down here to Oak Hill last week or possibly the week before i can't remember um i actually saw uh, a bunch of the suits that were uh gathered around a pile of dirt doing their ceremonial groundbreaking here in oak hill for the uh septic to sewer um Transformation. Transformation. <laughs> what would it be? I guess conversion. Conversion. Yeah. Um, Poop shoot conversion for all of <laughs> for all of the uh, the uh, canals um, here in Oak Hill. So uh, I mean that's which is interesting because there's other cities in the state that are doing that and. Well, the number one reason my dad left Cape Coral for, uh, what's that place? Port Charlotte. They were coming in and replacing or installing the sewer lines. Mm -hmm. And he was responsible for the hookup to said line, which was... Astronomical. Super expensive. Like $27,000. Is that going to happen? Like, <clears throat> are they going to get a you know a coupon discount? Uh, I think there's, <laughs> I think I think that's they're pay, you know there's a grant that's paying yeah, for it. My dad's like, my house is paid off. Why do I want to get another loan? Right. Just upped and moved and. Yep, it's somebody else's problem now. Which is good. So well, I uh, hope it helps. Right. Like I know that there's some opinions around this table about. Some folks that are are really preaching that it's the septic and the wastewater infrastructure that's the main cause for all the issues. But, I mean, I I hope that if it's truly that and this fixes the problem, which, frankly, I don't think it will, I hope it does. But, I mean, it's a step. Yeah, oh, it's it's certainly you know, a step, a, and if it has to happen before the other things well, that we think should happen, happen, happen puzzle. Then, yeah, it's a piece of the puzzle, right? I'd um, be more concerned by you, where it kind of like leaches into the drinking water. <laughs> Listen, that D land water is good, son. You um, drink that straight out the tap. Spring fed. That's spring fed there. Blue Springs feeding us. Well, you know, I, I'm of the mindset that anything that we can do uh, to limit mm-hmm. the amount of, you know, excess nutrients going into the system is definitely a good thing. Yeah. But until or unless we figure out how to get the legacy load of nutrients that are here out 
right. we're still stuck with a cesspool. You know, it's mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I, I love using the you know five gallon bucket, and we've been dropping you know just a dropper of contaminants in it for years and years and years mm-hmm. and years and years until it becomes unsustainable for the for what's living in my five gallon bucket. Even if you talk me into stopping, and I agree, how do we get what's in the five-gallon bucket out? And that's where my opinion and, like, you know, doing the tiny little bits of shoreline here, there, and everywhere, it's like, why don't we turn the entire filtration system back on? That's that's the disconnect for me. Yeah. Um, so... Um, Something else that adds to uh, some of the nastiness in the water out there, whether it be, you know, petroleum or poop or... Debbie Downers tonight. We are. (laughs) Um, Don't worry. Next time we'll have hopefully something happy to talk about. Abandoned vessels. Yeah. so That's another sore subject for us. The meth community. Indian River folks. Oh, don't worry. It's infected the West Coast, too. Oh, good. What, I think the number for Brevard County is over. Just Brevard County is 400 or 500 deer like vessels. Wow. And you'll drive by them, and they've got, like, you know how you pass a car that's broke down the highway that's been there too long? There's that, like, red tag on it. Uh-huh. They all have orange tags on them. Yeah. And they're all officially. Yeah, derelict. they're all like, we're gonna get rid of them by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. And then a Nothing year rolls around, and then the next year it's the same boat. I mean, it'd be cool if it created an artificial reef or yeah, doubtful artificial oyster. Well, so here's habitat. here's the problem that I've found is that they're they're not in the main channel way because they'll get in trouble for that. So right. Off oh yeah. In a back bay, they're off in. Some place where it's a total pain in the ass to even try to get them out, mm-hmm. to even try to clean up the mess. Like yeah. it's, it's just leaving it high and dry somewhere, you know. Yeah, for somebody else to deal with, right? And it's not being held accountable. Well, we reported there's numbers. I mean, there's, you just got to go down to the dock down the street and yeah, cross, and you see two of them. There's there's a boat here in Oak Hill, just south of Marker Five, mm-hmm. that I reported. FWC as a um, environmental hazard, yeah. ongoing environmental hazard, because it showed up and coming through, I slowed down and looked, and there was like probably an inch of like motor oil, yeah, floating in inside. You know, it's like, well, it hasn't come out of the hull yet, but it's a matter of time. And I called the FWC like a report number, and. For weeks, I went by there and looked. Nothing had been done. No. And you know, I just I don't know how, and I don't have the resources to remove oil from the water. You know, no. if, if I had an idea how to do it, I'd just go over there and do it. If they're right. not going to, right? Um, so, well, the the problem for me is the accountability side. Yeah, is that you know at a certain point. All of these vessels were registered to somebody. To someone. And I get it. Or Florida, you Florida has a, a large amount of folks that are retirees or on their last leg, and they can't keep up with it anymore. I totally understand. But there has to be you know, some sort of a way to deal with this. 
and to hold those that are actively doing it on purpose accountable. Well, I don't know if it's on the county level or the local city level. Uh, up in New Smyrna, uh, where I live, there was quite a few derelict vessels mm-hmm. um, that were being used as land crab um, habitat. <laughs> so the meth heads would pull a derelict vessel over very close to the shoreline, uh, throw out you know two or three anchors, and find themselves either a kayak or a stand-up paddleboard or whatever means to get across, get back and forth, and they're using them to habitate in them. Mm. Um, once the city figured out, okay, our meth head population is living no longer in the mangrove bushes in the form of like homeless camps, they've taken over the intercoastal waterway. Um, and they're throwing their trash in the water. Their wastewater is going directly into the yeah. river. Um, they got really aggressive about removing derelict vessels. If it's not floating on low tide, it got a sticker, and within weeks, Jeez. it was gone. I mm. wish, because our problem is, I would say, Ben, starts at 528, and continues to Pickett Island ish. No, it goes further south than that. It's not very far. Mm-mm. I mean, it's right. You know, what 40, 45 mile stretch? Yeah, where you have hundreds of abandoned boats. Yeah, which all have Florida registration. It's not you know, grandma and grandpa from Boston that sailed down to. Well, it's it's folks that buy that day sailor and they don't mm. keep it in the marina. They just moor it somewhere, <sighs> and then they realize boat upkeep is actually a thing. Yep. And then finally, they just you know they put it on Craigslist or Marketplace, and nobody wants it, so they just fucking just, abandon it and walk away from it. Because like Jameson's saying, there's no accountability. No, yeah. that's the it. state it's doesn't come back and say, it's- "Hey, guess what? We removed your shit box." Mm-hmm. From the water, and here's the ten thousand dollar bill from right. the salvage company for doing it. Right, and yeah. and like you couldn't do that with a car. Like you can't just drive a car and just park it on the side of the road and walk away. Right. So then, what is the Coast Guard doing? They're telling the local jurisdictions it's their problem. Damn. Unless it impedes navigation, one of our um, land crab yachts was um, actually tied off to a channel marker marker for a couple of days (laughs) that lasted yeah it didn't it didn't last but a day or two and then the coast guard i believe came down and said uh no this this doesn't work for us and i think the reason they were doing is they had lost all their anchors Hmm. so uh they had they had tried to uh get away with it for as long as they could anyway yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been all the way up to, you know, doing just boat deliveries uh, north of Ormond Beach, mm-hmm. running, wow. running on, on the ICW up there, and there's a dozen oh, yeah. know, within a couple miles stretch. There's actually, I saw um, in Edgewater, um, there's a sailboat in particular that I saw the other day coming down Riverside Drive, you know, looking out towards the intercoastal. 
that uh, was listing to the side, you know, obviously, you know, not being taken care of. And then just recently in the last couple of days, I noticed where it was very obvious someone had had a very major collision with that boat. And like the mm-hmm. there's a fucking hole in the side of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean. I don't know. It just it, they're, it they're, boggles my mind how they're quick to slap a red sticker on a car on 95 right. one day and the next day it's gone. Well, I guess it's, you know, it's easier to get a tow truck to come out and go in the impound say. yard. And there's salvage value there. Yeah. Much more so than a boat. The boat okay. salvaging a boat is, I mean, there's no, there's very little scrap materials that can be recycled and, and used for, you know, dead weight scrap. Right. Yeah. And fiberglass okay. is toxic and yeah, expensive to dispose of. Chop up and take to the dump, unfortunately. Which is also where they take the manatees when they're found dead. They don't go to a research facility. They go to a local landfill. Hmm. <laughs> that as quoted on has got to stink so the bad. agency's page as to where they dispose of it. I would have worded that like <laughs> taken to a local burial like grounds. Nope. Taken to the Rainbow Bridge. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Er, so uh some house should. housekeeping items. Um it's twenty twenty two and uh Prior to tonight's uh, episode, we were having it's a little discussion. Too. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> we uh, we are going to be starting up the Taylor Park Casting Championship mm-hmm. again, and uh, it's going to be a little bit different this little time different around. Swing. A little different uh, program than uh, we had over the summer and fall. A little higher stakes, a little more head-to-head. A little more competitiveness. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. I just made it. They're, they're, they're Officially, it's going to be known as the Spring Classic. Right. So uh, watch our social media channels, um, whether that's YouTube, and maybe we'll do a little demonstration of how it's going to run, mm-hmm. or... Might be on uh, Instagram, uh, at least the announcement of when the event is going to occur, the first one. But I think uh, everybody's going to enjoy the new format. Just uh, trying to do something that uh, encourages everybody to come out. We'll continue building the community of fly fishers here along the coast and uh, help you guys get motivated to get out and Mm -hmm. improve your cast and thereby your fishing Um, we could have a cinderella moment yes absolutely so uh we also have uh settled on a date a couple of dates um because it's a two-day event uh october 1st and october 2nd 2022 the dinghy derby four um, that will obviously be benefiting Marine Discovery Center like we've done in years past. So uh, mark get your, your calendar. calendars out. Mm-hmm. Circle that weekend. Book the flights. Book reserve. your flights. Get yep. your VRBO. Yeah. Get your hotel room. Yep. Flights are cheap right now. That's right. So uh, anything else going on, fellas? No. Mm-mm. 
Ben's More just exploring. doing way too much adulting, not it's, really able to contribute. It's getting bad, and I'm ready to be a kid again. Yeah, no. It's, <laughs> it never goes. I, no, but I have, like, I'd say I have two, two weeks. I don't know. I think I'm going to go kid around a little bit this week. It's The weather's actually looking pretty decent. Yeah, I was going to say um, that. Yeah. I made a trade-off that I would work through the crappy weather to get the house where I needed to get it to purchase it. I'm literally just waiting on information that I can't provide for that to happen. Right. I've done my part. I'm going to go play a little bit this week. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, January was kind of rough. I'm ready for a couple days off yeah. of yeah. R&R. And yeah. Maybe some fishing. I shouldn't be complaining. I did a week-long trip to Tennessee, but, You're like, you know, but it sucked. I'm ready for another one. Yeah. That's been my excuse, though, is weather. Really? As bad of an excuse as it is, it's either been, you know, blowing steady at 30 miles an hour with a wind chill of negative 14 (laughs) or raining or a combination of both. That's Florida terms, negative fourteen, right? So you're you're really meaning fifty five? Yeah, yeah. Mm, Celsius, not, not twenty five degrees. <laughs> Legit. It's just been crappy days. Yeah, I'm tired of getting sandy. Oh, I bet you were really ready to be done with that project. Oh yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, we hope that. Uh, we brought the entertainment for episode 75. It's uh, been a pleasure over the last four years to uh, do this with everybody that's here at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's also been a pleasure to hear from all of you that have taken the time to always be there for us, whether it's a comment on social media or a mail barge delivery. Uh, we couldn't do this whole thing without you. So, uh, four years. Who would have thought? Pretty, pretty rad. Here's to four years and Diggy Derby four. Amen to that. Where'd the time go? He gone. I don't remember. night they blow up his house too down on the boardwalk getting ready for a fight gonna see what them ragged boys can do There's trouble busting in from out of state and the DA can't get no relief gonna be a rumble out on the promenade Commissions hanging on my skin of its teeth. Everything dies, baby, and that's a fact. Maybe everything that dies someday comes back. Put your makeup on, put your hair up pretty. Meet me tonight in Atlantic City. I got debts, no honest man to pay. So I drew out what 
it's hard to find There's winners and there's losers But I'm south of that line I'm tired of getting caught Out on that losing end But I talked to a man last night Gonna do a little favor for him to the end it's over episode 75's history but you're still in the car in the cubicle in the shower and you know what you get a reward for being on here this long we're coming out with new stickers an homage to our roots and we'll put those on the web store without announcing it on social media for a few days. So they're limited quantities. You're going to want one. Check out the new stickers at taylortrash.com.